Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 19th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I had a special episode with Mamie Paris go up in the different podcast feeds on uh, on Tuesday. I will have another one coming up with Gail Papp, who is the widow of Joe Papp. She's written a book about Joe's life and legacy, and it is available now. We had a great interview and conversation last week, so that'll be coming up in the podcast feeds very shortly. And as I mentioned yesterday on the show, my conversation with John Carafa will go up in the Patreon feed only. It is a Patreon exclusive at the mezzanine tier and above. So lots and lots of content coming to you over the next few days in all of our podcast feeds. If you want to make sure that you do not miss a single thing, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, this is something that we have talked about on a Patreon exclusive episode before, but it was officially confirmed on Wednesday that the Shayna Tao Britain musical Suffs will be opening on Broadway this coming spring. The show had its world premiere at the Public Theater last year. It'll now be coming to the Music Box Theater, where it will open up on April 18th. No further information in terms of preview dates or anything like that yet, but we do know that it will open at the Music Box in the later part of the month, getting pretty close to that Tony eligibility deadline. What is interesting about this, Grace, is that other than director Lee Silverman, pretty much everybody on the creative team has been changed. They went from choreographer Raja Feather Kelly to Maitin Natalio. Mimi Lean did the scenic design at the Public Theater. Scenic design on Broadway will be done by Ricardo Hernandez. Tony Leslie James did the costume design off-Broadway. Paul Tazewell will do it on Broadway. Lighting design off-Broadway was Natasha Katz. And for the Broadway run, it'll be Lap Chi Chu. There are others in there as well. So it seems, as we've talked about before, that there will be fairly significant changes to Suffs when it comes to Broadway. For all we know, as of now, those are just going to be how it looks and sounds. We don't know necessarily about how much work was done to the book or the score, but it does seem like they have done quite a bit of reconfiguring as to what this show will be when it comes to Broadway. One thing I will note about those creative team changes, the entire creative team off-Broadway was not made up of women, but it was a majority of women. And for this new Broadway run, they have added three men that are doing jobs that were done off-Broadway by women and one woman who is doing a job that was done by man off-Broadway. So a little bit of that uh, going on, which is part of the conversation around this show. But I guess it's interesting. We've talked about the fact that I think we all liked this show, Grace, but we thought it needed some work and it needed to kind of be trimmed and refocused in points. I'm assuming that's going to happen along with all of these creative changes, but I'm actually just, I'm really excited about this. I love Shana Taub. I love the idea of this musical. I loved a lot about what this musical did. And I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing what this next incarnation is when it comes to Broadway. I wouldn't have hated if they'd have done another out-of-town tryout, but if it's coming straight to Broadway after a year plus, year and a half, where they've been able to work on it, uh, I have to trust that this creative team will be able to get the most out of it. Yeah, for sure. I obviously didn't get to see that, but the public, otherwise I'd have more of an opinion. Um, but I, I am interested to see what, what happens, what changes. Obviously, there are a lot of creative changes in the works, but I just really need to know if Grace McLean is attached. If she is not, what a loss for the community at large. But I think that this is, it's really going to hinge on her casting for me. 
Well, she was one who came out of that public run and everyone was like, oh, this is at least a Tony nominated best featured actress role, if not a Tony win. And she is getting ready to do a show in Virginia, I believe. So I'm not 100% sure what her availability will be for Broadway or if she chooses to opt out of that show or postpone that show in Virginia. But the cast really was incredible. At the public theater, you had Jen Colella. Hannah Cruz, Alicia DeHaas, Nikki M. James, who I will note was one of the first people to reply to the Instagram post about this. So it feels like she is continuing with it. You had Grace McLean, as you mentioned, Philippa Sue, Shana Taub was also part of it, and a number of other really fantastic folks. No word on if any of these people are going to come back. I, I think it will be interesting. I'm assuming that Shana Taub is going to continue with the show on stage as Alice Paul, but I guess that's not necessarily a given, although I, I think it kind of is. Uh, it will be it will be interesting to see if they're able to keep a lot of this cast together because it really, really was a dynamic cast at the public. Another thing that I want to talk about here, Grace, is that with shows that have announced, with shows that have released casting breakdowns that specify that they're coming to Broadway in the spring, and then a handful of other rumors that we have all heard. And I think one of them is going to imminently be coming true in the next week. By my calculations, as of now, every house on Broadway is accounted for, for this spring, save the majestic and palace, which are currently undergoing renovations. I think that there will certainly be a show or two or more that will announce closing, you know, around the holidays as there always are. That's not a, uh, that's not a, a big leap, I don't think. So there could be other shows coming in. But as of now, we have four theaters that do not have a tenant for the spring season. The James Earl Jones, the Longacre, the Nederlander, and the Schubert. I think they're all they're all accounted for. I believe one show will be coming in from the Windy City to take the southernmost theater uh, that is currently available in the next week or so. And then that'll leave three for announcements to come, I think, two sooner rather than a, a third that is later. But we're full. And and that's kind of crazy because for so much of this fall, Grace, in, in the summer, we talked about how many empty theaters there were. So that's fun. That's exciting. It's great for that so many people are going to be employed on Broadway this spring season. And we'll just have to wait and see how all these things shake out. It means that we are going to have a very, very, very chaotic spring season with a lot of shows opening, a lot of shows beginning performances, and a very, very busy March and April. I am scared. It is so scary. The streets are scary. Everyone is booked and blessed, which is great, but I'm scared. Um, this feels, and I've said it before, 2017, all hands on deck. Everybody's fighting. It's the theaters. It's the it's the shows. It's the different IPs. It's young people. It's old people. It's revivals. It's revivals with a twist. It's it's kind of amazing. Um, and I think that what we are going to see, hopefully, is a revitalization um, that we have not had for quite a few years um, in the theater spaces. And I'm hoping that these are not three month runs if they you know are open ended. I'm hoping that these are long lasting, that tourism is projected to come back the way it seems to be, and that we are in a good position to, to be pretty fruitful this spring season. From a insider theater business marketing perspective, 
obviously everybody is super excited when they have shows coming to Broadway, but once they get a theater, which is like the thing that we've talked about before, like they have to have a theater, they have to have the theater that they think is going to maximize their ability to have a long run. But in terms of the schedule and how many shows are coming in around the same times, like does that figure in to the calculus about when a show decides to come in in terms of season, in terms of month, in terms of even week? Do they do they factor in how busy you know, a, a, a certain schedule, a part of the schedule is going to be when they're making these plans? Or is it just like, if you get a, if you get a house, you're lucky. So you might as well take it while you can. I think that there are recommendations across the board in terms of producers working with the theater owners, producers working with marketing agencies to do the data analytics, to see what's, what the landscape is. But ultimately there's, there's so many factors that go into it. So I don't believe that I can provide a one answer um, as to, you know, what they're looking at, because Let's say that there's pressure to get this IP out before they want to launch for a school or tours or things like that. And then, you know, you back it up. You have to have the Broadway run before that. Or maybe it's the opposite and that they need to have had, you know, some level of um, like a smaller Broadway house or a big Broadway. I think that every single show is so different, which is why it's so interesting when each show has their own agenda and their own, you know, needs and wants and dreams that don't coincide at all with another show that might want the exact same theater. So I think that it's so it's so nuanced and every single opportunity is very different. And I think I gave you an absolutely nothing answer, but I do think that that is genuinely insight. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that makes absolute sense. And every show has its own needs and in, in, in what uh, is going to help it be successful. So they are obviously going to factor in different things. So. All right. Speaking of whether a show is successful or not, let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. Last week, we saw 27 Broadway shows on the boards with the addition of I Need That at the American Airlines Theater. They only did three performances, but it was a new show last week. The grosses inched up 2% to come in at $27,400,791. Attendance was at $217,118. Average ticket price was at $126.20. We saw a massive jump for Merrily We Roll Along after its week of opening. It added a total of $462,566 to bring it in at just over $1.7 million. That was good for fifth overall on Broadway. The Lion King was the only show north of $2 million at $2,090,583. Hamilton was next at $1.9, followed by Wicked at a little less at $1.9. Sweeney Todd, seven performances at $1.73, and then we had Merrily in fifth. The rest of the show's North of seven figures in descending order are MJ, Aladdin, Moulin Rouge, Back to the Future, Cursed Child, and Juliet. A Beautiful Noise, Kenny Davenport, looking like he knows what he's doing with that Thursday matinee. And then Book of Mormon rounding it out. Down at the other end of the scale, Melissa Etheridge, My Window, did $214,000. It only had five performances last week, so I think that is um, is noteworthy to come up. I mentioned I Need That in its first three performances on Broadway. It did a pretty good $295,641, so just under $100,000 per performance, which for a, a straight play is not too bad. The only two shows on Broadway that played to capacity were Hamilton and Merrily We Roll Along. All right, Grace, yesterday, the American Theater Magazine 
released two of its most interesting lists that it puts out every year. The first is the list of shows that will be produced the most by professional theaters in the 2023-2024 season. And the next is which playwrights will be produced the most during that season. Have you seen either of these lists yet? I haven't seen them yet. I love hearing this list. Go off. Okay. Well, I want you to guess. Take a guess as to what play you think is going to be produced the most by professional theaters this year. Professional theaters produce the most in this like 2023, 2024 year. Correct. Clue by Sandy Rustin. Clue by Sandy. No, Clue is not on here. Oh, play? Play. Yep. Amy Herzog's The Doll's House. I don't know. Um, I don't know. The number one show is What the Constitution Means to Me by Heidi Schreck. It'll have 16 productions, followed by Clyde's by Lynn Nottage at 14. POTUS will have 12, which is tied with the Lehman Trilogy. And then Dial M for Murder will have nine performances. Technically, it's 10 because of a different adaptation, but the adaptation by Jeffrey Hatcher um, is the one that has nine. Then we have Fat Ham, the Thanksgiving play, Beautiful, the Carol King musical, Sanctuary City, Cabaret, Every Brilliant Thing, and then the Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's a total of 12 because of ties in there. But a really interesting list. Obviously, shows that have some sort of political or or financial uh, justice edge to them with uh, what the Constitution means to me, Clyde's POTUS Lehman trilogy. Uh, I think that's a, a really compelling list of things. All of these shows were fantastic, and I love that they are getting opportunities to succeed out in the regional theaters. Heading over to the most produced playwrights, another fantastic list. Lynn Nottage leads the way with 22 productions. Ken Ludwig is at 17. Then Heidi Schreck, of course, with What the Constitution Means to Me. August Wilson, Selena Fillinger with POTUS. Kate Hamill, Jeffrey Hatcher, Lauren Gunderson, who still has not had a show on Broadway, which is crazy to me, and yet she is always one of the most produced playwrights in America. Martina Mayoak and then uh, Stefano Massini with the Lehman Trilogy. Howard Ashman, James Imes, Bob Martin, Larissa Fasthorse, Harvey Firestein, Joe Masteroff, Dominique Moriso, Douglas McGrath, Thomas Meehan, and Karen Zacharias. If you want to take a look at this list and get a little bit more information on all of them, you can check this stuff out in the show notes. But if you have a chance to see any of these shows, highly, highly recommend that you take that chance. All right, Grace, yesterday, Wicked announced even more of its celebrations for its upcoming 20th anniversary on Broadway. On October 27th, which is a week from Friday, they will have a special performance on Good Morning America during the 8.30 a.m. hour or half hour. Then on Sunday, the 29th, it will mark a the return of the Wicked Day block party, which will be held in that little alley around Gershwin uh, Theater. It is free, open to the public. It starts at 9.30 a.m. and goes up until noon. There'll be photo ops. There'll be a DJ. There'll be a ton of activities, um, lots of different 20th anniversary partners to get stuff from. And then the matinee and evening shows will both have special fan events dubbed pink and green performances that will include either a pink performance, Wicked Day playbill, or a green one. Tickets for both performances will also include a gift bag, exclusive pink or green merchandise, a commemorative button, and a card signed by either Mackenzie Kurtz, who is currently playing Glenda, or Alyssa Fox, who is playing uh, Alphaba. I gotta tell you, a little annoyed. I got tickets for my parents to go see the 15th anniversary. They got nothing. Why are they saving it off for the 20th? The 15th is important too, Grace. 
No love, no love whatsoever. <laughs> you and I both know that's not how that works. Um, uh, I think that the, because uh, I know people say it all the time. They're like, wait a second, I was there for this. Um, and sometimes you fly all the way to London to see a show for its final performance. And then they extend a week. I'm looking at you, Groundhog Day. I'm still mad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a kudos to the entire, uh, I think, partnerships team over um, at Wicked. And I think that it's it's really exciting that they are getting to do all of these activations because ultimately it takes a lot of work to get so many opportunities for, for gifting and theming. You know, you have to work. I mean, especially to do something in that alleyway, it is such a you difficult know. lift. So like, don't take it for granted. Go. If this excites you, try to take advantage of some element of all of these partnerships that they are doing because it helps people do those types of things in the future if they are well attended. Um, I just wonder, I have one question. Melissa Etheridge, is she singing Come to My Define Gravity? Like, what is the collab that she will be singing? Um, you know, Come to My Chistery. I don't know. But but it needs something. Something has to happen. I agree. Totally agree there. All right. News that I've been waiting for. Tickets to see Waitress the Musical in movie theaters are available now. It'll run for five nights in December at movie theaters around the country. But here's the thing, Grace. It is playing from December 7th through December 11th. My plan was to go like every night. Do you know why I can't do that anymore, Grace? Oh, no. Why? I'm going to be in New York for most of that. The oh. only day that I'm going to be in Orlando <laughs> is on Monday the 11th. So I've already got tickets to see it. They do have, at least here in Orlando, depending on where you are, it'll probably be different. They do have like some three o'clock afternoon uh, showings as well. So mm. you you can go more. So maybe I'll go see it up in New York on the first day, but I will be uh, in New York around this time in December, but I do have tickets to see it down in Orlando on December 11th. But if you want to get tickets, you can check those out in the show notes. And then finally, my feel-good recommendation, the leads from the Broadway revival of Merrily We Roll Along visited with Vanity Fair and did one of Vanity Fair's favorite bits. Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez took a lie detector test together. It is very fun, very cute. Um, the the love that these three all have for each other is very obvious. And uh, get some truths from people. You get some truths. Dan decided that his best option here was just to tell the truth and not lie so that he can never get called out on anything. So there was some fun stuff in there, but highly recommend that. I, I love all of these lie detector things from Vanity Fair. So you will definitely want to check that out if you have any fondness for any of these three actors. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can follow me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.